That's the show. I am the Rami half of that. Cattle's still out. He will be back Tuesday. I heard from Nick Cattle's today. That's right. We still talk. I heard you guys patch things up. That's <laughs> yeah. great. That's what I heard. <laughs> Nick is fine. We're all fine. He's not suspended or anything like that. Uh, he just had some business to take care of on the home front. Things to seem, seem to be on the upswing. And Nick will be back on Tuesday. Whitey Gleason in the co-host chair. Hello. In the meantime, once again, Jay Simone on the other side of the glass. And a fun show scheduled for you on a Thursday. Alphonse Sidney, the Five Reasons sports host who uh, also covers the Miami Heat. He'll be here at 2.30 to talk some uh, NBA and Eastern Conference Finals. But uh, out of the gates, we want to uh, address the team that's coming out of the West, Whitey. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've I've said for for well about about a week now is is really about a week ago is when it dawned on me not just how good the 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 Nuggets are as I've started to come to that realization over the course of this playoff run, but as I was realizing, you know, LeBron has he's he's aging and and we see signs of that in the way that that he played in that series and. And 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 Anthony Davis has been inconsistent, and obviously has the injury track history that he has. I, I was looking at the Lakers and going, well, they they probably won't be a problem. Maybe by next year or for very much longer. You know what I mean? Make I th- that case. I think yeah. they're about to age out or phase out. But as I was having that realization, I looked at the team on the other side of the Western Conference Finals in the Nuggets, and I started looking through their roster, and I was and I saw like next to their name, I saw 24, 25, 27. You know yeah. what I mean? Their core is still very young and going to be a problem. For a long time, and they're just sitting back now and waiting for the winner of of Heat and Celtics, and Game Five will be tonight, and we'll talk about that in in just a little bit here on the show. But do you think Denver, if if they if if they do win a championship, more or less dangerous with a championship under their belt? Because you can make the case that you know they're a little bit more. A little bit, little bit more puffy chested with with, with mm-hmm. the championship, feeling a little bit better about themselves. Already say Jokic is pretty puffy chested. People have and, yeah. and people talk about that championship confidence. Yeah. You know what I mean? That yeah. guys can play with and, and maybe even find another level in in their play. But there's also there's also the notion that maybe they 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 feel satisfied. The the thirst is quenched. You know what I mean? The right. hu- the hunger is satisfied. However you want to put it, after winning a title, what. What type of team do you think this Denver Nuggets team is with the championship under their belt? More dangerous or less dangerous? You can always get in on the show. Text 916-339-1140. You can call 800-920-1140. You're always uh, welcome to comment youtube.com slash Sports. While you're there, hit that like button, subscribe, mm-hmm. rate, review, do all the things to help us build this thing up. But Whitey, more or less dangerous with the championship are are the Denver Nuggets. In your First opinion. of all, and I know we're going to touch on this too, there are some that are already saying that the Nuggets are boring to watch. And it just breaks my basketball heart to hear that because that's, <laughs> you know, it depends what you're looking for. But they, I mean, I think they play a really, really fun and very watchable brand of basketball. But to answer your question, if I'm the Kings and I could choose, I want that Denver team win it all this year and then celebrate all off season long. I think one of the things that set the Kings up for the year they had last year was the fact that the West, would you agree, Rami, was pretty wide open, more wide open than we thought, and you had a lot of teams that were supposed to be pretty good that were dealing with things they didn't expect to deal with, like Dallas, and then they made their trade. Phoenix made their trade, and the Warriors couldn't get it together. Kings took advantage of that. And it looks like the West is still going to be pretty wide open, hard to know for sure at this point, but a Denver team that is sated, as you say, by a championship, I just feel like, 
that's probably going to be a more manageable team than a team that's upset and rides into next year like, you know, unfinished business. Not that that's worked out for Boston. So, yes, I think it's great <laughs> for the Kings. If the Nuggets win this year, I think it's terrific. Can I, I, I don't know if this, is, if this is ducking the question or if this is not giving an answer to the question. And I just go because I think that the top dog sort of sets the example for, for a team. And especially when you have a guy as good as Jokic is with two MVPs under his belt. And maybe some could argue that they should have a third, although I'm not, I don't want to take anything away from Joel Embiid, but he's maybe the best player in the NBA right now. I, I think we can say. And so I think that sort of, he sets the tone. He's kind of the personality of that team for better or worse. Like you said, we'll talk about it later. Some people say it's boring or whatever the case might be. I don't think it matters. I don't, I don't think it matters to, to that guy, to Jokic. If he not not to say he doesn't want a title, he he certainly wants a title. But this is this is a guy that he he just he just wants to. I think he's just he's he's a guy who just wants to ball. You know what I mean? And it's not it's not about trophies. It's not about recognition. I forgot where I read it today. But you, do you realize they had to go and fly his MVP trophy yeah. to him? Because yeah. yeah. he was like, I'll just pick it up when I'm back in Denver, guys. Don't worry about it. They're like, no, no, this is kind of a big deal. Let us bring What's your it address? To, yeah, let yeah. us bring it to you in wherever he was. I don't even know where he was in the offseason. I remember um, when, when they won the previous series to the Western Conference Finals in, in sort of quick fashion. They're like, what are you going to do at the downtime? He's like, I don't know. I'll probably just go sit by my, go watch my friends race racing horses in Italy and sit by a pool and and have a drink or two and watch basketball. You know what I mean? And even when he won the Western Conference Finals and won the MVP of of the series, they were like, what does this trophy mean to you? The Magic Johnson Trophy that they renamed it this year. He was like, nothing. I mean, it means nothing. I think he legitimately win, lose, or draw. Just goes, he just goes to work every day. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that he either is hungrier, you know, with, with because of a loss. And I, I don't think that, that he's any more puffy-chested or confident or gets that, that bump from championship confidence if they win. I think Nikola Jokic is the same dude every day, every game, regardless. And I think that sets the tone for, for that whole team. Yeah, it's a good point. I just, you look at the fact that it's been a while since anyone, anyone has repeated. And I know we're not saying necessarily Denver will repeat, but will they, they be a legitimate contender again? You know, the Warriors in what, 2017, 2018, they repeated. And then before that, I think you have to go back to like the Lakers in 2009, 2010. So it's really hard to repeat. And I just think it's really hard for teams that win to come back the next year. You have the shorter off season. You got all the distractions. I mean, I mean, look what happened to the Warriors last year. They had players punching each other. So I know that that's not something that typically happens to a champion, but I think it's very difficult to win a championship and wow, and you deserve it. You celebrate after all these years and they're like, hey, we got to go do it again. So I just think if I had a guess here and if I'm the Kings and I have my druthers, I want them to win this year because I think it's going to be really tough on a team, a Denver team next year to be anywhere near as good as they were this year. If anything, I think that if, if not with Jokic, but, and, and like I said, I think he sets the tone. He's, he's, yeah, the, he's the attitude of I that agree. team, but m- maybe if you were to lose in the finals, there's always that, that hangover. And also just, 
just the miles and and the minutes of, right. a, of a deep playoff push. Deep, you know what than I mean? Ever been you you hear teams with. talk about that. The Warriors yeah. have said that's that's that was one of the greatest challenges of mm-hmm. six finals appearances and and four titles was you're you're playing a month month and a half deeper into the calendar than than teams that didn't make the playoffs or teams that got yeah. eliminated early. You know what I mean? You you take that and add to it the disappointment of losing, that can be deflating. Mm-hmm. I think if anything, you might see some of that. I don't I don't know necessarily I'm just I'm just throwing out names in a Jamal Murray or or or, or somebody else on on that roster. Uh uh Contavious Caldwell Pope. Exactly. You might you might see it from one of those guys. But I honestly I don't think they're I think I think they're we'll get we'll obviously talk about the finals before they start, but I I think the Nuggets are gonna finish the job here. That's that's just a feeling that I got. We'll yeah, we'll get into. So. Did that dawn on you? By the way, the way that it dawned on me, the age of this of this Nuggets team, um, of the core of I've this been, Nuggets I've team. I've been higher on them for a while than a lot of people. You know, when they lost Jamal Murray a couple of years ago, they brought in Aaron Gordon. I, I've kind of seen this coming because Jokic is such a just a unique player. So yeah, it's the trade they made to get KCP was a phenomenal trade in the offseason. I didn't think it was going to work out for them and it's worked out great for them. So yeah, they've been building this for a while and then as two things happened, they were rising, rising, rising as we say. And then also everybody in the West kind of started sliding a little bit. All of a sudden, like, okay, we're the best team in the conference by far. Yeah, and they are clear cut the best team. Yeah. I, I, I've said that over the over the course of this this, this these playoffs that we said all year the West was wide open. It wasn't as wide open as we all thought it would. No. They, they, they took their foot off the gas pedal for the last 20, 25 games of that season. But we, we still have to find out who they're going to play in, in the NBA Finals as they sit back and wait. They start Thursday no matter what. And I'll say it again. I Extend this series as much as possible so we can, <laughs> so we can have the shortest window possible yeah. without NBA basketball and nothing to watch with, with the writer's strike underway. We'll talk with uh, Alphonse Sidney, the host of the Five Reasons uh, podcast. Also, he covers the uh, Miami Heat. And right after this, we'll get into those Eastern Conference Finals. What if the Celtics win tonight? How will we talk about this series? Cattles and Rami Whitey in for Cattles once again. Nick will be back on Tuesday. Jay and Simone on the other side of the glass. You can uh, see all of us at youtube.com slash Sacktown Sports. Give us that thumbs up while you're there. Also hit that subscribe button. Help us build this brand here at Sacktown Sports so we can give you even better coverage of uh, Northern California sports. Your home for the Kings, your home for the 49ers, your weekend home for the A's. We cover it all here on Sacktown Sports. We'll talk with uh, Alphonse Sidney, the host of the Five Reasons podcast, also covers the Miami Heat coming up at about 2.30. And and obviously we'll get into these Eastern Conference Finals, which I don't know, I don't know, Whitey, if if people are just, are, are like me and grasping at the hope that this series can be extended so we have the shortest window possible, like I was saying, between, of days without basketball, you know what I mean, between the end of the Eastern Conference Finals and the start of the Western Conference Finals. But you sure are hearing a lot of the chatter of, you know, if the Celtics... If the Celtics win game two, this this thing, I know 150 teams have gone up 3-0 yeah. in a series and never lost, but if if the Celtics can win game two, and the Celtics were saying before game four, this is Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart, don't let us win one. Don't let us win just one game. 
same mentality. It's win or go home for us. So, I mean, you know, um, at this point, we have nothing to lose. We just got to go out there and leave it all on the court. You feel good about tonight? I feel very good about tonight. Don't let us get one. I'm sorry. Just don't let us get one. So, don't let us get Kevin Millar. There you go. Don't let us win tonight. Um, that's our mindset. We let us get one. We feel confident. Um, so, we're going to come out and play free, play ready, and it should be fun. And I mentioned these numbers yesterday on the show, Whitey. They were plus 750 to win the Eastern Conference Finals before Game 4 tipped off. After Game 4 went final, those odds went all the way down to plus 225 to mm-hmm. win the series. And that, I think that ju- that goes to show you, or, or maybe they just work hand in hand, how, how the narrative has swung so dramatically after one game. And, and again, 150 teams have been down 0-3 in NBA playoff series and never won that series. After one game, the narrative is swinging to, you know, the Lakers. If they win tonight, Whitey, how, how are we going to be talking about this series? And how are you personally going to be feeling about this series? It's on uh, if they win tonight. Don't you think a big part of this is that we're still trying to wrap our heads around what has happened to this point? Usually what happens in the regular season has some bearing on what you see in the playoffs. I know I read something today about how the computer models are off because the Miami Heat team that we saw during the regular year that finished seventh and they lost a play and they ended up eighth, but they were they were seventh uh, at the end of the regular season. That's not the same team that we've seen. So it's mm-hmm. like, what's going on here? Do you think and that's so, what it is? Is our we don't believe what our eyes are seeing in it, terms of in terms of, of how this series has gotten to this point, we go, come on, the Heat aren't. Yeah. The Heat aren't that. Or the Celtics aren't that. Boston should have, you could argue, they should have won the championship last year. They were were in the finals. They had another really solid year. And then the Heat this year looked like, well, they're done. Stick a fork in them. They got cap issues. They're old. And then it's like, wait, what? (laughs) Well, they beat Milwaukee. I'm still trying to figure that out. And then they're they're with a 3-1 lead over Boston. I think that's why... Uh, it's so stunning and why a lot of us are still figuring, yeah, I think Boston's still going to get back in this because if they don't, I don't know anything about mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they, th- we all thought they were clearly the better team. Yeah. And I got to say, Whitey, I'm, I'm, I'm still saying the Heat are going to win this series. I, they probably finish it off tonight, if, if I'm being real. But if they don't, if they don't finish it off tonight, I might start being one of those people that goes, hmm, you know, the Celtics, they, they might be able well, to yeah. pull this thing out. Don't you think, Romy, if Boston wins tonight, if they do, then uh, as far as being down 3-0, that doesn't even matter anymore. It's a 3-2 series, and it doesn't matter how you got there, really. Yeah. And it, quite frankly, it, it looks good for Boston right now. First of all, they're going back home. Uh, and secondly, Gabe Vincent is out for Game 5 versus Boston tonight with an ankle sprain, according to Sham Sharanya. And I know people are going, oh, Gabe Vincent, what, that he can't win? He's been really good. Yeah, like he's 29 in one game. He's yeah. another one of these guys that, that came out of nowhere for this this Heat team. And you look at the matchup between him and Marcus Smart, and it's he's averaging 17.5 points to Marcus Smart's 9.8. He's averaging uh, 2.3 assists, 2 rebounds. His shooting splits are 58-50 and 94 to Marcus Smart. 
36, 32, Did you say 50, and 78, 58, 50, and 90, 94 shooting splits <laughs> and averaging 17 and a half good points. Series. I didn't know it was that good. Nearly 78% true shooting percentage and a 10% turnover rate. They're plus 34 when he's on the court. Well, the, another it's a thing big loss that you mentioned that as another reminder that you don't know anything. You think you know things. You don't know anything. You talk about Boston's back home, and we just talked about this on the crossover. Boston's four at five at home this year <laughs> in the playoffs, four and five. Last year in the playoffs, they were six and six. And you go back to 2018, they're 13 and 14 at home, Boston, since 2018 in the playoffs. What? It's Boston. Boston Guard, TD Garden, whatever they call it now. And it's a playoffs and Boston can't win at home? It doesn't make any sense. How, let's let's say, like, not if it's not a 50-50 split, how, how would you feel about the Celtics' chances of winning this series if they pull out the game tonight? Is it still 60-40, 70-30 that the Heat win? Or do you, does it, is it close to 50-50 if this thing ends up 3-2? I think it depends on how it happens, of course, and all that. But to answer your question, if Boston wins tonight, I think they'll win the series. Really? Yeah. Okay. If they win tonight. Okay. And again, with no Gabe Vincent, it looks like they could win tonight. We talk, I talked about the make or miss league, uh-huh. Whitey. Boston 15 and 24 when shooting under 35% from three. 15 and 24 when they're when they're less under 35% from three. That's almost three quarters of their losses when when they can't shoot the three. That's what it's going to come down to tonight. And and the rest of this series is our our shots falling. For Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and the rest. They think they figured something out. They think they figured out where to move the ball against Miami's half-court defense, and they think they got better shots. And if you look, there are a number of times when, I don't know if Miami was just feeling a little tired, but Boston did a really good job moving the ball, and that's what they don't do. They get stagnant. They take bad threes. They looked really good offensively in the last game. So if it's true that they've found something, I think they could be on their way. I would still feel like 60-40 in, in Miami's favor because it's still going to be even, – even though, you know, if they win tonight, they need two more. You still, in the, in the totality of it, they need four straight wins sure. against Miami. You know what I mean? And I just – I look at Jimmy Butler, and I, th- that dude is too, too vicious a competitor, I think, to go down four straight times in a playoff series. He's already played – Above and beyond his, it. his expectations and everything else. Heads. But to beat that dude four times in a row in a playoff series, I just can't see it happening. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about the coaching mismatch that's there with Joe Missoula versus Eric Spolstra. I can't see I can't see Spolstra losing four games in a row to Joe Missoula. I just can't I can't see it happening. But again, right now I'm probably eighty twenty. That, that the Heat win this series. I'm probably it goes down to sixty forty that the Heat win this series mm-hmm. if they if 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 the Celtics can pull it out tonight. Yeah. The reason I think Boston is still legitimately in this is because they are a much more talented uh team, top to bottom, stem to stern. The roster is just deeper. We'll see. Are they or do we just No they are. Are I we mean, still not giving credit to the Heat and the talent that they the Heat are that phenomenal. They found in un- unlikely places. Yeah, they have some really good players, but still I would take Boston's roster over Miami's. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you have Tatum and Brown. I mean, those Nothing two guys are all Struce NBA. And, yeah, you know, but still. But we keep doing this to the Heat. Like we just keep on do- we just keep on hit we just keep on slapping them with the shade and the disrespect and they just keep beating these teams that we look at and go they're better. Come mm-hmm. on, they're better. And I'm guilty of it too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I you know why I came from Milwaukee. I have I have an affinity for Giannis and and that team if I'm being and He has an affinity if I'm for being you. Frank and open yeah. and honest yeah. about it. But 
I sometimes we have to look and go, eh, maybe maybe we're wrong. <laughs> maybe we're wrong, and maybe the Heat just find great talent in unlikely places, and we don't give it the respect it deserves. Well, I'll say this: there's four ways to improve your team, right? Through the draft, through trades, through free agency, and through developing the players you already have. And in the mm-hmm. fourth area, Miami is light years ahead of oh, anybody yeah. else in the off NBA. the charts. Yeah, off the charts. And you look at all the undrafted guys they have on that roster. The, the development that they have of uh, in, in-house of their talent oh, is yeah. head and shoulders yep. above the rest Envy of the league. Envy of the rest of the league, no question. We'll talk with Alphonse Sidney, who covers this Heat team. He's also the host of the Five Reason Sports podcast host. He'll join Cattles and Ron. That's the show. Cattles out. He's back Tuesday after the long weekend. Whitey Gleason in the co-host chair once again. Simone, JJ on the other side of the glass. Coming up at 245, if I would have told you... That's at 245. But joining us now on the Folsom Lake Honda Hotline, Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop from the Five Reasons Sports Podcast, as well as uh, covering the Miami Heat. Pleasure to welcome in Alphonse Sidney. Alphonse, how are you this afternoon? Do we have him? Is he up? I don't hear him. I don't hear him. (laughs) Alphonse, are you there? He's there. I can see him on the YouTube page, youtube.com slash Sacktown Sports. I just don't hear him. And I don't know if uh if he hears me. We'll get we'll get it we'll get it straightened we'll get it straight out away. In, in just a second. But I just saw we were talking before the break. Simone, just give me a thumbs up when we when you when we know we got him. We were talking before the break about this series, Whitey, and how 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 crazy the narrative seems to have swung after just one game. And here's a quote from Richard Jefferson, ESPN NBA analyst, who says it's going to be Boston. Boston is going to be the first time, the first team to come back from 03. He says it will be Boston facing the Nuggets in the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After well, they won one game. Yeah. <laughs> one game. They're down three to one, Whitey. But they were that heavy of a favorite, and a lot of that was legitimate. It wasn't just misreading you know, the levels of talent on the roster. A lot of that was self-induced by Boston, and it's hard for a lot of people to believe that Miami can keep this going, especially the way they looked in the last game. And we also we also had Charles Barkley. We played the clip yesterday after Game 4 where he said it's going to be a cakewalk for Boston yeah. in Game and 5. And he's never wrong. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might be the nail in the Celtics' yeah. coffin right there. Bye-bye, Boston. When, when Charles Barkley says oh, it's going to be a cakewalk. And, and, and he added to that, if they do win, all of a sudden – we got ourselves a series. Now, mm-hmm. I, I will go that far as to say we got ourselves a series if if Boston can win game five. But th- to go as far as, as Richard Jefferson and others who, who are telling you that Boston is going to the finals after winning one game in the series, I think we got our guy Alphonse Sidney joining us now <laughs> on the Folsom Lake Honda Hotline. Alphonse, how are you this afternoon? Can you guys hear me now? Yes, yes sir. we can. So- sorry about the uh, the technical <laughs> glitch there. Are, are that you- was actually... That was actually my fault. My fault. Oh, okay. Not a mic on. So. No Not worries at all. No worries at all. We're all here now, and that's and that's what counts. Are you as surprised as as we are? We were just talking before we brought you on at how how far the narrative has swung to the Celtics are are gonna win this series after they were down three zero and and pulled out a game four victory. I'm not surprised at all, right? Like, this has been <laughs> the Miami Heat fan experience uh, ever since the first playing game, right? Um, and honestly, some of it's deserved. Okay. Like, uh, listen, I'm a heat homer. You, if you got, if anybody follows me on Twitter, I am, you know, just a crazy heat fan at all times. But even I can admit that Atlanta playing game broke me. Right. And like, 
it broke me and it probably broke most of sports media where they just don't trust this team. And it doesn't matter. I mean, the comeback against Chicago in the second playing game, beating uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, even with a hobbled Giannis, Giannis played three out of those five games, mm-hmm. right? Uh, beating them in five games, you know, they were, they were not favored against the Knicks taking them out in six. Really. It was like five because Jimmy didn't play one game. Right. And then now going up three, nothing on the Boston Celtics and still nobody really believes in this team. You know, it's funny after they go up three Oh, you start seeing the sports center packages where they're like, maybe this team's legit, but the second they give you a reason to doubt, everyone's going to start doubting. Alphonse, let me uh, ask you a nuts and bolts question here. Who takes Gabe Vincent's minutes? How does uh, Coach Spolstra account for his absence tonight? It's interesting because, like, whatever you think Spo's going to do, he's going <laughs> to do something different, right? So yeah. I can lie to you and say the easy plug and play is Kyle Lowry, right? Kyle Lowry started most of the season uh, before he got injured. Uh, that just makes a whole lot of sense. But you could also see, like, hey, why not go with Caleb Martin? Caleb Martin's playing out mm. of his mind. You have a primary hand, primary hand, ball handler in Jimmy uh, Butler. You've also seen what Kyle Lowry does with the second unit all playoffs long. Do you want to disrupt that chemistry? But part of that chemistry is having Caleb Martin on the bench. So there's a lot of different uh, things they could do, right? And then uh, who else takes the minutes? There's Haywood Highsmith, who hasn't gotten a a lot of minutes off the bench. Not a lot of people are familiar with Haywood's work, right? Um, And rightfully so, because he's Haywood Highsmith. But he's a really, really – he's a good defender. Um, He's the kind of guy that can bother Jalen Brown, bother Jason Tatum, and he can hit a corner three. Me, personally, what I would do is I would actually start Kyle Lowry and Caleb Martin and put Kevin Love on the bench as your backup five. Why would I do that? Because Boston has gone to a one-big lineup, and the advantages that Kevin Love brings is when you have two bigs out there, one of them has to guard Kevin Love on the perimeter, and he can also do a good job on bigs in the paint boxing out. So now when you just have Al Horford out there, you can camp Derek White on Kevin Love and completely take him out of the picture. So I would bring, I would start Caleb Martin and Kyle Lowry, put Kevin Love on the bench as your backup five and see how that works out for you. You know, and, and talking with Alphonse, Sidney covers the Miami Heat here on the Cattles and Rami show. I, I was saying to, to my co-host, Whitey here, before we brought you on, you know, maybe, maybe we shouldn't, maybe we should stop saying that Boston is the more talented team just because the Heat are finding talent in unlikely places doesn't mean that these guys can hoop or can't hoop. And and you look at Gabe Vincent and how good he's been in this series. And I, you can look at it in one of two ways. I think Alphonse, which is big loss. And, and if you say anything, otherwise you're, you're disrespecting the guy just because of where he was or wasn't drafted. Or you could look at it and say, yeah, it's a big loss, but I mean, they found Gabe Vincent. Somebody else will step up. How, how do you look at, Vincent being out for for game five tonight and and how big uh, a loss that is for the Miami Heat. I think it's huge, right? Because Caleb, not Caleb, I'm sorry. Gabe does so many things, right? He's this, I like this, uh, the Heat have always been at their best when they have a relief score, right? Where the other team's going on a run, the guy can get you some relief points. Gabe is that guy. He can just dribble right into a little pull up, right? And just, just stem the tide of like the other team's momentum. He has that in him. Kyle Lowry, Used to be that guy. He just can't do it on a night-in, night-out basis. So Gabe has been giving you that. So the loss of Gabe is huge. And also, Gabe is a really, really good defender. And we've seen his passing pickup. And we've also seen the fact that whoever shoots better from three is winning these games. And Gabe has been a really good three-point shooter throughout the playoffs. But as you said, this Heat team has its mentality next man up. Every time, like, we would always laugh at Spo. They'd have, like, six healthy guys, like, during the COVID season. And he'd say, we have enough. 
right? He's always says we have enough, but they've proven time and time again that they will figure it out, right? Tyler Hero goes down. It was doom and gloom. Victor Oladipo goes down. It's doom and gloom. They found another guy. They found somebody to step up. Duncan Robinson, I mean, riding the bench all season long. Now in the playoffs, they called on him because Tyler Hero's hurt. All of a sudden, Duncan Robinson's leading the league in three-point percentage of the playoffs, right? So this the mentality of this team is don't uh, be ready so you don't have to get ready. So there will be somebody that's going to fill in that role and do it as admir- admirably as possible, and you just got to hope it's enough to take down Boston. So following up on that, Alphonse, to that point, to your eye, how significant has the coaching advantage in this series been for the Heat? It's been huge, right? And it's a lot of it is not just it's not just Spo just so much smarter than Missoula, right? It's a, a lot of it is like Spo's been here before, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Spo isn't afraid to lose his starting point guard in the in the conference finals. Uh, Spo's not afraid of a twenty-one to two run because they're just going to come back with a nineteen to two run. One of the things he does for this team is that he settles them down, right? He doesn't panic. They're not, you know, he, there's not a situation that he hasn't seen and he has them really, really prepared. And another thing he does great is adjustments, right? If something's going wrong, Spo will completely abandon a game plan and, and just, okay, the zone isn't working. We're back to man, right? Uh, they're, they're killing our high pick and roll. Let's do something else. So he's, he has the experience that he's not going to get rattled in these situations. Joe Mazzulla, we've seen at times, he looks like a deer in the headlights. Like he looks like he mm-hmm. literally has no idea what's happening. He has no idea what to do. I mean, he threw a clipboard in game one. <laughs> Who throws a clipboard in game one of a series? That is such a rookie coaching mistake. That is a game four move. You don't do that in game That's one. Right. That's right. Yeah. You know, because like, you, like, you can't throw a clipboard again, right? Like, right. Yeah. No. And it didn't work either. Yeah. Exactly. So now you've exhausted your clipboard throwing capability. I mean, uh, uh, capability now. Yeah. What do you have left? Now he has to throw a chair. And then, come on. Yeah. That's game seven stuff. Exactly. So, yeah. Take a page out of the Bobby Knight book. No, you're right. We we started off this conversation talking about how, how the narrative has turned after game one. And I think you and I are on the same page that it's a, it's a little bit ridiculous, but on par with the way that the Heat have been talked about throughout these playoffs. If this thing were to go to, to three, two, let's, let's say Boston pulls it out of here to pulls it out tonight. Then how legit is the talk that Boston can win this series in your eyes? It's still not legit. Um, I mean, it's just we have how many years of NBA history to go on, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody's come back from 3-0. I don't care how bad you think the Miami Heat are. Like, <laughs> they're, they're still an NBA team. You got to beat them four times in a row after yep. they beat you three times. Going back to Miami, like, it's going to be really – like, talk to me after it's 3-3, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's, you know, it's a, it's a one-game playoff, you know, one and done. It's anybody's, it's anybody's series at that point. But still, you have you as the Boston Celtics, you have to beat the Heat four times straight, and they've also not even been a good home team in these playoffs. So I don't know why the assumption is that we're going to go back to Boston and they're just going to steamroll Miami there because I mean they haven't steamrolled anybody in Boston. No. How how do you see this one playing out tonight? You got a prediction for me, Alphonse? Um, you know, as we say on Miami Heat beat, it's always Heat and five, right? Uh, so <laughs> I think I think they take it home tonight. I think Jimmy Butler is annoyed. He wants the time off. He wants a break. They don't want to keep playing games without Gabe Vincent. I see a big I see a big game from Kyle Lowry. I see a big game from Jimmy, and I see a big game from Bam. Uh, they're most experienced guys. They're they're 
quote unquote stars. I think they bring it home tonight. How do you like their chances against against the Nuggets if they finish it off tonight or in five or six or seven? Listen, I have no idea, guys. To, to be honest, <laughs> I have no clue. Because, like, if it's if it's the Heat team from the Bucks series, I feel great about them. If yep. it's the Heat team from uh, two nights ago, I don't feel great. If it's the regular season Heat team, it's a sweep in Denver, right? Yeah, so yeah. I don't – like, the one thing I've not done is make a bunch of predictions coming into these series because I just – just like the rest of America, I don't know which Heat team is going to show up. I'm starting to believe more and more, right? Um, and as a cocky fan, yeah, I want to say they'll take the Nuggets down in six. I have no, I have no idea. Jokic is terrifying. I have nightmares about Jokic, right? So I, I've, I and I and honestly, Bam does a great job against opposing centers. Jokic gives him fits. He can literally do nothing against Jokic. Mm. So yeah, I mean, what are you going to throw Kevin Love on him? I mean, so it, <laughs> it's the proposition is really scary. But listen. We never thought as Heat fans, as a Heat fan base, we were even going to get in past the play-in tournament. So everything right now is Kate. We'll talk uh, with Alphonse Sidney again, I'm sure, down the road. Check out the Five Reasons Sports podcast covering the Miami Heat and our guest for the last few minutes here on Cattles and Rami. Appreciate the time, Alphonse. Let's talk again soon. No problem. Thanks, guys. And he joins us on the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. They do have, I mean, both these teams in the Eastern Conference Finals, they have Jekyll and Hyde qualities. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They can they can look really bad and they can look like they can look just okay at times. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just, just <laughs> it's so crazy. Here we are. The two NBA things everyone's talking about is hey, Boston, they're gonna come from 0-3 down to win. And the other thing everybody's talking about is LeBron to the Warriors. It's it's, it's a wild, it. wild, crazy Stop basketball we'll, world. We'll get to that We're later in the in. show. It's silly. It's silly what's going Everybody's talking about Every, people all of a sudden just want to help the Warriors. That that's the new trend <laughs> in NBA trade speaking. But we'll get to that coming up at 5:15. On the other side, apparently Shaq hard to find. Shaquille O'Neal is a hard to find or catch up to person, but they found him. The people that were looking forum found him and uh, the nba maybe maybe hearing some of our calls we'll talk about that best of show cattle's out back on tuesday whitey gleason in the co-host chair in the meantime and we appreciate that we also appreciate you checking us out wherever you check us out on the old airwaves at 11:40, the sacktown sports app or youtube.com slash sacktown sports i see you seeing us give us that like button while you're there at youtube.com slash Actown Sports, hit the subscribe button, rate, review, the whole thing. Help us grow this thing. Are you sure Cattles is going to be back? What if the Celtics go down in seven or something? Are you sure? <laughs> there has been all sorts of speculation about <laughs> where Cattles is and why he's not here, including he can't face the music as the Celtics go down 03 in the Eastern <laughs> Conference Finals. But I assure you, it has nothing to do with that. It all has right. absolutely nothing to do with that. And I said today in the in the crosstalk, Whitey, uh, real quick before we get into the latest on on Shaq and uh, and some rules changes in the NBA. This series getting extended, like say to Sun is game set would game seven be Sunday or Monday? I'm not sure. I don't think they would play on Memorial Day, would they? They uh, have in the past. We will get fresh, raw, painful reaction from Nick Cattles when he gets back okay. Tuesday if this thing is stretched out. You know what I mean? Didn't the Monday, uh, Verlad yeah. just told me it's on Monday. Okay. Didn't the Patriots lose a, the, an OTA session because of something? And yes. The Red Sox got swept by the Angels. <laughs> I mean, 
I'm just wondering. <laughs> that's you know, got coincidence? Nothing. No, that's got nothing to do okay. with it, Whitey. That's got nothing to do with it. Have you been following the story of uh, Shaquille O'Neal dodging lawyers representing FTX? I investors? wasn't aware of it until they just got him, right? Yeah, I they, hadn't heard about it. If, for those who don't know, they've been trying to serve Shaq his, his papers for a while now in, the, in this FTX lawsuit and have tried everything, including just throwing the papers at his car as he speeded by. They're just like, here, you've been served. Like, I don't think legally, <laughs> legally, I don't think that's how it works, but they finally got him. And when we were talking about this last week, Simone, we were like, how hard can it be to find Shaquille O'Neal? First of all, he's seven foot one. Right. He's looking slender lately since his uh, hip replacement surgery. So I'm going to say 285. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say 285, maybe pushing 300. He looks good lately. Oh, you're sexy. And he's on TV like four nights a week. (laughs) Doesn't really blend into a crowd or anything. No. He's he's in arenas. We were watching it. (laughs) We were watching it in studio one day last week. And I was like, he's right there on the set. You could paper airplane the subpoena papers like right down onto the TNT set. Oh, man, that's easy. Apparently, they were listening and Shaq was finally served the complaint while working for TNT during Tuesday night's Eastern Conference Finals game between the Heat and the Celtics at the Kaseya Center? Kaseya? Kaseya? Kaseya, yeah. I'm going to go with Kaseya Center, which... You say uh, Kaseya, I say Kaseya. Which, ironically, was previously called FTX Arena. Yes. <laughs> there's, there's, oh. there's another Real poetic justice. This story, the process server filmed the event to ensure that there was uh, no ambiguity, like Shaq has been arguing in the FTX case. Uh, Moskowitz, one of the lawyers, told People Magazine, adding that O'Neill had the process server kicked out of the arena. Quote, these claims are now very serious, and thus it is good that we can start with the merits instead of the silly service sideshow Mr. O'Neill unfortunately created. I don't... Whitey, I don't know about you. I don't think he created it. I think they're bad at their job of serving, like serving him the papers. Yeah, like, right. Again, okay, 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 okay. Very visible dude. He's a very visible guy. It shouldn't be that hard to get the papers to him, really. Must have tremendous security, though, especially on the set. Uh, the TNT set. I would yeah. imagine. Yeah. It's And also, it's just got to be terrifying to serve Shaquille O'Neal legal papers. You know what I mean? Did you know when, when uh, 2002, when the Lakers were playing the Kings Conference Finals, we uh, had one of the guys from our show here on 1140. We went to his hotel room and knocked on what we thought was his hotel room at Why like would you do that? 530 in the morning to give him, <laughs> I think we had like a free throw shooting for dummies <laughs> and like bricks seriously that's what we had to give him and justin my buddy the poor guy's like hello Shaq. and it was live on the air we didn't know it was the right room or not he's like jack we've got something for you. anyway he didn't come to the door but i think it might have been howard beck wrote about it in the la times and Shaq said if i if i'd have been there i'd have Oh, so he just I wasn't in the room. Up. You guys, yeah. we had the right room, but he just we, wasn't we, in the we, room? We think it was the right room. <laughs> there was a time, like early in my radio career, where it was much easier to find out yeah. where these guys were I staying. I think we got some intel. And, and to get a hold yeah. of them. Yeah. Like, I would, people would be like, I think I got a number for so-and-so in their hotel room. Here, try this. Let's see if we can get them on the show. I'm like, what? Are yeah. you serious? Am yeah. I real? Okay. All right. I guess I'll dial this number. Another NBA thing we want to touch on real quick was uh and i i've been i've been asking for this whitey i think you've been asking for this for a minute the nba in-game committee 
is studying a rule change where flops will merit technical fouls, according to Shams Sharanya. Possible implementation will begin in the Summer League this July. So we're talking free throws, not fines. Yes, free throws, actual in-game consequences for guys if they are found to be flopping starting mm-hmm. as soon as the Summer League. Is that what you say? You have found to be flopping! Like, you, oh, no. sir, have been found to, to be, be flopping. flopping. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I'm all for it, man. And I, I, I'm I, cool with, like, working the refs and trying to get a foul here and there, but where I think it goes too far, Whitey, is when a lot of this stuff is, first of all, obviously exaggerated and not real, you know what I mean? But also, like, the non-basketball element of guys trying to get fouls just gets more and more control every season it seems look like you're playing basketball yeah like that's all i ask. that's what i heard i heard that a lot look like you're school. playing basketball yeah. uh, but, but <laughs> that a lot. are you okay with in theory okay that is a foul but you still flop so both it is a foul but you still get a, a T because you exaggerated the contact. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, it might get a little messy, and anytime you have, yeah. I think rules changes, it, it can be a little messy. They're gonna have to go to replay to determine whether someone flopped. There might be some replay uh, involved in it from some of the chatter that I've heard, yeah. which I don't know how you even how you even deem it in a replay of whether or not a guy. I mean, there are sometimes we've seen like total phantom flops, like a guy'll. Like swing around with his with his yes. elbows out yeah. and not even touch the person. Marcus Smart, we saw one. He was like eight inches away. I don't remember who swung their elbows, but literally eight inches away from Marcus Smart's face, and he grabs his face and falls back like Hulk Hogan taking like mm-hmm. taking a bump in the ring in the WWF. And it's like, what are we even doing here? Like, so I guess there are some times where you could figure out if it was a flop with a replay. But there are other times where it'll just be the judgment of the referee. And did a guy did a guy try to sell something that wasn't even there or I, wasn't I, as serious? I agree with you, Roms, that something needs to be done. If the league is serious about it, great. But, you know, we've seen things like this in the past. I think, was it 2012, 2013? They're going to find people for flops, and they did for a while. Yeah, that's um, what I wonder is if they'll stick yeah, to it. Yeah, that's it. You gotta, they got to be committed to it because it is going to get messy. The enforcement of it will be messy, but I think it's worth going through those growing pains in order to get somewhere where we need to be and we ain't now. That's why flop fest. That's Whitey Gleason in for Nick Cattles, who's back on Tuesday after the long weekend. Right after this, we get into some Kings talk and a big splash trade Something we've talked about, and, and and it's alluring. But is that actually a good thing if the Kings were to do it? We'll discuss that next. Cattles and Rami. Sat-down Sports.